Should you edit your podcast? This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. And in this solo episode, it should be a fairly short one. I want to talk a little bit about editing. Um, I'm the host, Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even if they're not podcasting about the law. And today we're going to talk, just like I said, about editing your podcast. Should you be in there cutting it up and slicing and dicing, or is it better maybe to be um, uh, just a more straight-to-tape and out-to-the-world kind of a, a podcaster. There's no right answer to this. Um, some folks feel the need to do their editing and some don't. And and uh, I'll weigh in with my own point of view on this in just a moment. But first, let's talk about the different kinds of editing. First of all, what do we mean by editing is getting into the content of the show and splicing and, and removing portions and adding things and, and assembling the, the sequence of things into a coherent whole. Uh, that's sort of a generous definition of it, but I want to make sure that we're, we're all on the same page talking about this. So, um, you know, there are different kinds of editing. One is that sort of that assembly process. Now, some of us are able to, because of the equipment we have and the experience, uh, we have, uh, and, and the way we plan our shows, we're able to do our show in a linear way that doesn't really require much in the way of editing at all. And what I'm talking about here is, is you know, playing the music and the intros and the sound effects and things live as we go so that we don't have to go back and paste things together. But, uh, for many folks, we don't have the investment in equipment or the time to learn that software and those those kinds of techniques so um uh, so it is just more expedient frankly to get in and, and do the assembly kind of editing and that's one one kind but there's you know other other reasons that people get in and edit the content of their show and i'm talking about the content portion of the show um one is that they are editing for time if you know in television and radio very often um, uh, editing is done because we have to fit the the segment or the program into an allotted time slot. Now, that's not a big concern in, in the podcasting space. If you have a half-hour show and you end up going 20, you know, 32 minutes, um, you know, it's not like all of a sudden the end is going to get cut off. Uh, and likewise, if you go 28 minutes, the audience isn't likely to, to you know, hear dead air at the end. It's just the show's over and you're done. Uh, so editing for time, probably not a major concern in the podcasting space, but editing for content is something that happens. And by that, I mean, you may have a long rambling two or three hour sit down conversation with an interview guest, and then you want to go and extract the nuggets of information from that and assemble those into a tightly woven um, presentation of the material that you want to convey. And I think that's fine. Um, I will say it's, it, it's very time consuming to do that kind of thing. And as such, um, it is something that um, I think few of us can afford the kind of time involved in doing a, a big editing project for every episode. And I fear that in doing that, we would end up with um, um, 
episodes not coming out according to schedule as, as consistently and frequently as we like. Uh, that said, you may be able to hire an editor to do that for you. And, uh, and then I would say there's something to be said for, you know, taking really good notes as you do the recording, making time notes of what's being said when, and, and, uh, you know, highlighting the good stuff to make it easier on that editor. Um, but that has its own, uh, downside as well. The other thing is editing for clarity. Sometimes you're talking like I am today doing a solo show and you realize that you just rambled on and on and off off topic on this particular tangent and um, you really sort of have obfuscated the, the, the message that you were trying to get out. Uh, with the show. And so you may want to go back in and, and, uh, get back on track and, and then fix it from there. And I think that's a, another perfectly legitimate reason to, to edit, uh, again, time consuming and you have to take good notes in order to make notes of where, at least, at least where you realize that you need to get back on track. Uh, so you can come back in and, and do the editing. Um, and, um, and then there are of course the technical glitches, you know, I do a show, uh, I do many shows with, uh, Skype calls being the basis or the source of the, of the, um, other person I'm talking to. And sometimes Skype acts a little wonky and we get a dropout or we get a weird, you know, distortion or noise, or sometimes the call gets dropped completely and we have to start over or at least reconnect the call. And, um, so, you know, editing in those situations to fix technical glitches, usually not that difficult or time consuming because it happens, you notice, you make a note and then you go back and you uh, either stop the recorder and, and, again, now it's an assembly kind of a job and you have some trimming to do and cleaning up, but, but basically not, not overwhelming unless of course you've got lots and lots of those technical glitches. And in that situation, I would say the solution is fix the technical glitches. So you don't have to do all that kind of editing. Um, and then the final kind of editing that I, that I, um, see in the podcasting space. And it's the one that I, I favor the least. Uh, I'm going to, and, and you'll, by the way, I characterize it. You'll see that I favor it very little. I, I, I actually disfavor it. And that I will call editing for ego. This is where you go through and you take out every little um and ah and every little extended silence or, um, you know, whatever speech ticks you might have. Um, or, you know, if you just bumble a word or something like that, and really in an effort to just be as perfect a presentation as you can. Now, certainly that's a, a laudable goal, but I think that, um, the time and expense of, uh, and by expense, I'm referring to the time, the value of our time spent editing as well. Um, I don't think that they justify that except in the most major cases. Um, you hear me saying, um, and breathing and, and hesitating over words and those kinds of things. And I think that's, that's fine. That's sort of my authentic self. And I want you to hear who I really am and not this polished, version of myself that I could assemble and put out with lots of noise reduction and sound effects and, and, um, you know, really do a, a, a very neatly, tightly, uh, controlled kind of presentation for you. And there are circumstances where that's an appropriate thing to do. But I think that one of the values of podcasting is the ability to convey an authentic picture of a person to the audience. And we oughtn't to, we oughtn't, um, uh, indulge ourselves and our egos too much because we lose that authenticity. So that's sort of my thinking there. Now, pros and cons of editing uh, in your podcast. 
let's face it, it, it's a more polished presentation. You can enhance the clarity of your message. You can shape the message that you convey by editing both your and your guests' um, content that they're including in, in what they're saying. Um, and yeah, you portray that very clear, concise um, precision of what you're saying. Also, you can keep it nice and short, which is, uh, I think, brevity is a, is a virtue in most instances. Um, so those are those are the pros: uh, polish, clarity, shaping the message, brevity, etc. The cons are it's expensive and time consuming. Let's face it: we as lawyers bill by the hour for our time, or at least we are trained to think about our time in terms of dollars per hour. And so, if we sit down and record, and then spend another double or triple that amount of time cleaning up what we've recorded, we are really wasting money essentially. And if we hire a third party to do the editing for us, which is a a very common and legitimate approach, we are still wasting money by having them because they're charging by the hour or minute of the recording or whatever it is. We're wasting money by having them um, doing the kind of editing that is uh, sort of ego driven or whatever. So I think that, um, the, the editing, it, it's time consuming and expensive. It's also, like I said, you lack that authenticity that you get when you just allow people to hear your, I'm, I'm going to say stream of consciousness, but it isn't really that because we've generally planned and prepared a little bit. We know what we're going to say. Maybe not the exact words, but it's not just coming off the top of our head. Although that is a possible way to do things as well. Um, it's very easy to manipulate what somebody is saying when you edit their words. And in fact, just recently, you may have heard about a case where a news interview went um, and was, was broadcast in such a way that the interview subject, who was um, uh, an executive, I believe, at the National Rifle Association, is now suing Katie Couric and the show that she was recording, I think it's NBC News, um, because apparently they presented some of the questions and answers in a not exactly linear way, or they they made it seem that um, the executive didn't have a ready answer for one of the questions and sort of delayed and hemmed and hawed and and hesitated in answering. And uh, he he claims that that portrayed him falsely and uh, inaccurately and... uh, is uh, bringing suit. We haven't seen it go very far. The complaint was just filed a few days ago, but uh, something that we're watching and um, you don't want that kind of exposure. I think in the most egregious cases, even when the subject of an interview has signed a release and authorized everything and, you know, waived any rights of approval over the content, when you engage in an overt act of editing and manipulate or change the meaning or the, or the sense of the content, you still run that risk and the liability may still be there. I I can't imagine a release that would be a get out of jail free card in, in every circumstance. So I think it's important that we be mindful of the risk of liability um, from editing. Now on the other side of it, I will say that if you get in a situation where during your presentation and talk, you realize you've said something improper, unprofessional, untrue about someone else, that does make sense to, to do an edit there. And I, in fact, have been a, a, a culprit in that situation. I was actually doing a live streamed recording of a show uh, where I was a guest. And in the course of talking with um, 
uh, the, the other lawyers on the panel, it was an all lawyer panel. We got into a conversation about entertainment law and I ended up speaking, uh, about one of my clients deals, um, for, uh, television commercials that he was in. And I realized that while I probably hadn't divulged any client confidences, I was sort of talking out of turn. And so I did ask the hosts, please, you know, I'd made notes of what time it was. I did ask them to, uh, in the replay to, um, you know, just, uh, uh, delete that. And they were kind enough to do so, even though it is against their policy to do that kind of thing. They all understood the, the reason for my concern and, and were you know, accommodating. Um, so, you know, that, that is a valid reason to, to, uh, to do editing of your podcast. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about my approach because I think I've given you some hint on that. My, my approach is to play the sound effects and, um, and the intros, I'm going to play one of those right now, sort of, uh, let's see, uh, that's not it. There's one. You know, I can do those live. I have a soundboard on my computer that allows me, uh, at the touch of a button, to uh, to play the intros, the outros, the sound effects, the uh, the all the various things. You know, like this, uh, and um, that allows me to to be very linear in my presentation and preparation of the show, uh, so that I don't have to go back and do the assembly kinds of things. I also take pains to plan the content out as much as possible in advance. Now, I don't generally write a script, but I generally have a pretty detailed outline of what I want to talk about so that I can get from point A to point B to point C through my, my presentation and stay on track. And yeah, I sometimes digress and get off on a tangent. And again, that's the authentic real me. And so I want to allow my audience to get a sense of who I am. And sometimes I have a weird sense of humor and I'll make a joke that doesn't land and I'll leave it because again, that's the authentic me. I will edit to fix glitches. Like I said, if, if there's a Skype problem or a, a problem with um, noise in the, in the environment that is really sort of disruptive and, and distracting of the viewer or listener, I should say um, there's an example of something that an ego driven editor might get in and, Re, you know, say the sentence again, uh, because I bobbled and said video or viewer instead of audio uh, listener. So there I go again. Anyway, um, I, uh, I will edit when there's something that will be distracting to the listener. But the fact that uh, in a recent episode, my, my guest's uh, office telephone rang and it rang two or three times and he was very embarrassed by that. But the fact of it is he's a busy lawyer. He works in an office where he's going to have ringing phones and guess what? We left it in. Um, he didn't ask that I edited it out exactly. And I, I basically had let him know we don't edit unless it's a major faux pas. So, um, I will fix a major glitch. I will fix anything that's really distracting, but if it's, if it comes and goes and it's over and done, I'm going to leave it in. I believe in that authenticity. I will, uh, do some editing to clean up things like the faux pas, the falsity. If I make a, um, an improper statement or something like that. And I do a little bit of editing, although I use automated tools to do noise reduction and, and enhancing the quality of the sound. So I don't consider that really to be it. Technically it's editing, but I don't consider it to be, um, editing in the sense that I'm not affecting the content. I'm really just, uh, polishing the sound of the, the quality of the presentation. And so that's really all I do in terms of, um, of my editing. And in a future episode, I'll talk a little more about that post-production process because I use a fantastic tool that I want to tell you about. But, um, I think we're, you know, we've gone long enough today. And so I will, um, 
I will cue my ending music and say that, you know, this is, um, uh, uh, the end of this episode of the law podcasting podcast. I want to say thank you to you, the listeners hope you'll take a moment to send us comments and suggestions on the website. It's lawpodcaster.com. Give us a review in the iTunes store or anywhere else you, you uh, can review us and we welcome honest reviews, hopefully favorable, but I, I'll take your constructive criticism as well. And that's it. We're going to wrap up this episode of the law podcasting podcast and ask you if you're interested in podcasting for your own practice to please Uh, head on over to lawpodcasting.com where I have a course called the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course. We teach you how to podcast. Until next time, keep on podcasting.